You're listening to Strictly Business Podcast with Lindsay Williams. It's Wednesday, so it's time for Wayne on Wednesday. Wayne McCurry is a portfolio manager at FMB Wealth and Investment in Johannesburg. Wayne, I noticed a tweet on X from you, and you were terribly enthusiastic about the ShopRite trading update prior to its mm. numbers, which will be out soon, I think. Yeah, you seem very impressed. Yeah, well, look, they definitely the leader of the pack. You know, everyone's trying to catch up with them. They literally firing on all cylinders. And, I mean, they were always doing extremely well. But in, I suppose, the last two, maybe three years, two years, the 60-60 story has just taken them ahead of everyone else. Hmm. Now, I haven't used the Spa app. I haven't tried that. But I've used the Woolies app a couple of times, and I've used the Pick and Pay app a few times. So it's Woolies Dash, dash and it's Pick and Pay ASAP. The, the checkers one is just better. It works much quicker. You can select your products a lot easier. The layout is better. And obviously, checkers is price competitive. And nowadays... I mean, quite frankly, I, I very seldom go shopping to an actual shop. I, I, I mean, both of us, we just order essentially checkers and, and Woolworths now and again for a few special items. But otherwise, we're just ordering 60-60 and the little ping pong arrives at your door twice a week, maybe three times a week. Because if you join their club, yeah, you pay a fixed amount for as many deliveries as you need. So it doesn't matter if you order three times a week or every day, it's irrelevant. You pay the fixed monthly fee. So literally, if you feel like something, okay, we haven't quite got to the stage of ordering a loaf of bread, but if you feel like a meal and you need some mince meat or three or four other things to cook the meal, you just order it on WhatsApp if you haven't got them at home and it just arrives a little more. Within 60 you just minutes. Order it on, 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 on the app and it's there in 60 minutes. That's amazing. And it, it is truly amazing. So, so I, I really think they deserve their premium rating. And just to come back to that, yeah. I mean, uh, AVI, which I think, okay, they're not directly comparable, obviously. Nope. But AVI. Their winning business is the snack business. It's the it's the the cookies and the cool drink, mm. you know. And, and I think AVI is a great company and a good business, uh, other than I and J. But they are on a twelve price earnings ratio. You know, Checkers is at a twenty two. Is that so I'm not sure I'll buy the shares. Yes. Yeah, I just think it might even be higher than that. Um, I might not buy the Checkers shares. I might prefer to the AVI shares, but as far as, but that's a comment on the shares, not on the company. Mm. I think Checkers, ShopRite is just literally streaks ahead of, of everyone else. I mean, Pick and Pay has been trying to do catch up for, well, it must be going on 25 years now they've been trying to catch up. Because the first time I heard about a Pick and Pay uh, recovery, in other words, pick and pays on the way to to uh, what it used to be was in the late 90s, eh? and they still haven't done it. And now Sean Summers has come there to do the turnaround. 
You know, whether he whether he can, I don't know. I'm not got no got no clue. But Pick and Pay has been trying to catch up with ShopRite for over twenty years. And I think and this is not a disparaging comment on the current management, but the pick the the, the shop right we see now was Whitey. Yes, I remember, I remember he was he was the guru, wasn't he? He was the one that yeah. set checkers on its road to dominance yes. in the retail sector of the JSC yes. Securities Exchange and the country. So yeah. yeah, and and there's been a good succession plan, you've got to say that as well. Yes. No, it certainly has. But um, Whitey laid the foundation. I mean, he was a a truly unique character hmm. and obviously an extremely good manager of people and processes and the business. Okay. Just on a personal note now, when you get when you order whatever you order, you and your partner, it's always there within within an hour. That's what yes. they, they obviously they can't guarantee it. It could be roadblocks or something, whatever it is. But when you get the ding dong, what sort of vehicle delivers it? Do they have bikes and little no, little machines? That's all scooters. That's no, no. all scooters. Oh. It's one I think it is one hundred percent scooters. So I order I also order for the garage. Mm. On checkers sixty sixty, and essentially, essentially, we get coffee, sugar, milk, and toilet paper, and some cleaning equipment. And when you buy milk, I buy the long life milk. <laughs> um, you limited to uh, three boxes of six, because obviously the rest can't fit in the scooter. Yes. So, so you, you can't buy twenty boxes. No, you can't do your monthly shop on sixty sixty or whatever it's called. I suppose you could, you know, surprisingly enough, those little trolleys, at the, those little things at the back of the scooter can take a hell of a lot of stuff there. Eh? Mm. And if you do your monthly shop, they might just bring it in two scooters. But uh, I know certainly on the long life milk, there's a, a limitation. When you put in more than three, it says product limitation exceeded. Okay, that's all on scooters. And only, they only haven't delivered once within, within 60 Yes. And that because there was this absolute cloudburst deluge. I mean, I don't think the roads were drivable, let alone that you could see where you were going. I mean, the water really came cascading down. And they came about 15, 20 minutes late. And the next time we ordered from them, we got two free cupcakes with a little note saying, sorry, you know, we... (laughs) Delivered late. That's quite a sweet touch. It's very nice. Yeah. Well, I can say that I've, I've always known this that South Africa's retail environment and its retail model is better than many many countries. I mean, I sit yes. I sit here in the Netherlands, and when I go to when I go to a shop, a supermarket, and it's sort of nine o'clock in the morning, something like that, whatever it is, or four o'clock in the afternoon, doesn't really matter. There are people blocking the aisles, stacking the shelves. Now, in South Africa, that's done in the morning, and it's done at times which means you don't interrupt. You don't interrupt it's to the, the shop. The hour, yeah. Yeah, exactly. And yeah. in the Netherlands, they don't. So today, there's only one delivery service I use. It's called Picnic. It's a good little company, and it zips around, and it sort of aggregates from all different um, supermarkets. But I have to, if I order now, it comes at uh, 8.30 tomorrow evening. I mean, what's the use of that, for goodness sake? Well, that's not that's not much good now. No, it's no good. No, no. Look, I mean, some some things in South Africa are world class, if not the best in the world. I agree. Obviously, I haven't experienced every place in the world, but I think our retailers are 
extremely good and our banks and financial services and our life insurers are also extremely good. And our reserve bank is extremely good. And your football team is uh, extremely good because they caused a surprise yeah, by they no- won. knocking out Morocco they last night. So, yeah, I just have yeah, to ask they, you. They knocked, out, they knocked out one of the hot favourites there. Morocco, yeah, yeah exactly right. But um, So you've got to change your Springbok badge on your WhatsApp. That's your motif on your WhatsApp. To um, Bafana. To Bafana Bafana. So, it's, you know, it's, it, they it, must we finish with They the, must win the tournament. It's, it's, it's time to let go of the Springboks for now. No, no, I do agree with you. That's now, that's now a little bit, yeah, we, although this year they're coming out for the tour in South Africa and, uh, and, and we're actually going to go and see two, four of the games. Oh, look at you. So it's quite exciting, actually. We're going to see the Pretoria game, the Joburg game, the Nelspeth game and the Bloemfontein game. Hmm. Okay, that's something to look forward to in the winter months. Okay. It'll be really Exciting. Other retailers. What have we had since we last spoke? Was it true? So I can't remember. They've, they've come through fairly thick and fast. But is there anything that has disappointed you or enthused you yeah, in the retail was, sector? True was, no, nothing's disappointed. I mean, nothing other than Woolies. Obviously, Woolies, the Australia and New Zealand side didn't do well, but they made great emphasis that it was coming off a very high base. And then non food didn't do so well either. Then Pepco came out, and Pepco's were okay, but it seems as though they went slightly backwards on volume because their like-on-like sales growth, if you exclude new stores and acquisitions, etc., was slightly lower than their internal inflation rate. So that was, I mean, that's okay. It's not a disaster, but it's not nearly as good as, as what ShopRite reported Etc. And then uh, wasn't it Lewis that came out as well? I, I think don't it know. was Lewis. Yeah, they were also okay. Hmm. So, so generally speaking, nothing has been a big disappointment so far. There's been no big disappointment. There's been a few okays, but um, there's, there's actually been no disappointment, and that tells you that. You know, the, despite everything, all the negatives that we know in South Africa, the consumer is okay yeah. because the results of all of these companies, there was no catastrophe there. I know a couple of the credit retailers had to push credit quite hard, you know, to get their sales up, but they still got the sales, you know, and you would assume that... Uh, they know what they're doing in granting credit and it won't come back and bite them when it turns bad. You would assume that they didn't drop their credit standards just to push the sale. There's a few other um, numbers coming out today and it's been Aspen and High Prop and Impala and Astral. I know you keep a close eye on the on the property sector of the JSC because you are involved with one particular company and I can't remember the name of it now. But anyway, Impala, it's trading update. I was fearing the worst, but it actually wasn't too bad. No, I was also, when you look at the production they lost because of that accident, Yes, the overall production numbers were actually still quite high. Look, they do say earnings are going to be more than 20% lower, but of course they're going to be more than 20% lower, even before the accident happened, because you're in a commodity down cycle. You know, the, the weak rand hasn't compensated for the fall in the, in the PGM price prices. 
but it wasn't as I thought they might suffer more on production and that it would take longer to get that shaft up and going again. But they said, you know, they're essentially in the two or three months and it's up and going again. Mm. So, yeah, that was better than expected. And I think the share price was up slightly. Yes, it was up about two-thirds of a percent last time I looked at yeah. it going into the last half hour of trading or so. Wayne, we've got a couple of things that need uh, highlighting, and that's t- tonight the U.S. Federal Reserve's Open Market Committee is meeting, chaired by, of course, Jerome Powell. And the general consensus is that they will leave U.S. interest rates unchanged for now. I suppose they'll say, look, we're watching events uh, in the Middle East uh, because of the oil price and its implications on inflation, etc. But I don't think there'll be any surprises if it's a flat liner, do you? No, no, not at all. There'll be, I don't think there'll be one dissenting forecast that's not flatlining. I mean, like it's like our Reserve Bank. You know, all 10 economists that were polled said, you know, rates are going to be kept flat. And I think however many thousands of econom- economists that are polled for the U.S. interest rate decision, it will be 99% will say flat. So that's going to come out. So it will be the speech and the rhetoric that will be more important than the actual decision. Two of the Magnificent Seven so-called uh, released their results last night. I don't know if there are any great surprises and if the market has, has reacted. But the one startling thing I saw is that a judge, a court in Delaware, has judged that Elon Musk's uh, 2018, yes. not bonus, his, his annual, annual package, was 56. And I'm not talking 56 million, I'm talking 56 billion here. That's crazy stuff. 56 billion. So I don't know what happens. They voided it, they say, on the BBC. They voided this 56 billion pay. What does that mean? He has to pay it back, put it in the company? or Do you you understand it? No, look, I do know about that decision because it's quite a landmark decision. Mm. I would think that a lot of that is share compensation or options on shares or something like that. It won't be 50-odd billion in cash. No. But still, I mean, yeah, that's not a small amount of money, eh? That is, re- I mean, it's outrageous. But you know, good luck. It to actually, you. it actually, look, look. If a person starts a company that does well and they create enormous wealth, of course, they're entitled in to share in that wealth. But most of the sharing should come from owning shares originally in the company. You know that you can't just at that sort of value, carry on giving shares or giving compensation. That's just outrageous, yeah. It is outrageous. It's an obscene amount of money. Uh, Wayne, my, my food, I haven't got any food inspiration this week at all. Ever since my Christmas goose disaster, I've sort of gone into my shell when it comes to cooking. <laughs> and so I wonder if you've got anything to enlighten or my minus yes, three sir. day. What have you got? It's an old favourite, and I'm sure we've spoken about it before. That's okay. But it's lamb cutlet, it's lamb chops in Cape Malay curry sauce. You have mentioned so what that. You, yeah, what do you do? How, how do you do we it? Had, we, had it? We had it last night and it is truly delicious. So you brown the chops, mm. get the fat a little crispy, brown the chops just in the frying pan or under the griller, and then you put it in the casserole dish and really sell a Cape Malay curry sauce mix. In a packet, you open the packet, you pour it over the top, 
I always add probably a little bit too much, but I always add three teaspoons of uh, chopped chili, chili and garlic spoon. mix. Mm. Add that in there. In the frying pan that you use, because you use the frying pan, cut up an onion, brown the onion in the pan, throw it in the casserole dish, 220, I think, 40 minutes. It actually cooks the meat through, uh, and you have it with brown rice. It is totally delicious and so easy to prepare. Now, this so is... It's, the- it's, certainly, it's certainly one of our top, top meals. It really is tasty. Okay, now here's the, here's the key question here. Do you and the world's greatest rugby fan, your partner, have differing interpretations of how to cook lamb? I like the lamb chops that you just described, the, the cutlets. I like them very pink in the middle. But if I, no. cook, if I cook a shoulder of lamb, for example, I want it to be in there for two and a half to three hours and just fall off the bone. You're a well-done man, are you? No, no, I'm not a well-done person at all, but the world's greatest is a well-done person. Oh, okay. That's so I, I'm, not, I'm not a... I mean, I actually think all of these cooking programs have done uh, the food industry a great disservice. Why? Because when you do watch a cooking program, the biggest complete you hear two complaints by the judges more so than any other complaint. And the one is not enough seasoning, and the other one is you've overcooked the food. Yeah. That's the, one of the biggest complaints when they're judging a person's food. You overcooked it. And I think that is, and this has been going on for three decades now. Eh? I think this has greatly influenced the way meat is cooked worldwide, is you've overcooked it. You've overcooked it. So when you order 30 years ago, 20 years ago, I used to have steak rare. Right. But it was actually cooked. It wasn't raw. It wasn't cold. Now you cannot, well, I certainly cannot order a rare steak because the inside isn't cooked and it's actually cold. So I'm, I'm now ordering medium rare and sometimes even medium and I think that steak comes out like the old rare used to 20 years ago. But the world's biggest is a, is a well-done person. Mm-hmm. So we will always segregate. When we're doing a bar, we always segregate some of the boulevards and some of the choppies or some of the steak, and then they stay on for longer. And then we, we, when we do something like the – I can eat well done. It doesn't – you know, I don't, don't find it revolting. And then when we do something like the casseroles, we'll spot out two of the chops there, either the, you know, something that's discerning about them on their size or, or we'll take a bit of the fat off the one so we'll always know which ones are, f- are for the world's biggest. And then we cook those longer in the frying pan and then put it in the casserole. Okay, so it's almost two separate meals that you have to accommodate there. I just... Yeah, I, I, want I mean, to... she's, not, she's not fanatic about it. I mean, if something comes out, she can't do rare, but I can't do rare either anymore. Mm. And if something comes out medium, I mean, she'll, she's not fussy, she'll eat it, but she prefers well done. There's a, an, an English gentleman that I met in, in Johannesburg, and he would occasionally come over for a braai, and I'd say to him, so-and-so, how do you like your steak? And he said the following, cut off its horns, wipe its bottom, yeah, and drag it across the coals. In other words, yeah, he, he, so, yeah. he wanted it, it rare. And I'm with him rather than with the world's biggest. Yeah, look, I, I, let me tell you a story. My daughter and her husband and my grandson 
We're out here in South Africa. They live in London now. Yeah. We're out here in South Africa. We went down to Cape Town to see them. Now, she is a proper uh, foodie. I mean, she actually works for Jamie Oliver. Uh, And she's a proper foodie. So she took us to this really nice, top-of-the-range wine farm restaurant for lunch the one day. And the food was astonishingly good. But coming back to this rare business, I ordered medium, and it was cold. And the world's biggest ordered well done, and it was still basically raw. Did you so send it back? This, 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 under, look, I don't send food back. I, I, I find it embarrassing to send food back. If, if, if I go to a place and it's really horrible, I just won't go back there. Yeah. So, so, um, so, so what? So what? Uh, what my partner did was she, she it was, a, it was a, it was a delicious meal and a big meal. So she ate on the edges of the well done pieces, and I gave her. The, 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 you know, the, the more cooked pieces of mine and then I ate all the real stuff. Um, but, but it was astonishing when you order well done that it was basically the outside was cooked and the inside was pink. And mine I ordered medium, it was cold. Hmm. You know, so I think a lot of, and this is a very fancy restaurant, they say. They didn't get it wrong. That's how they cook food. Um, so I, I, you know, you now, you now actually got to say, I know you don't like cooking well done, but please, I want mine cooked well done. So this is what the world's biggest does now. She actually talks to the waiter and says, I know your chef might not like doing steak well done, but please, I want mine well done. It must not be pink. There must be no pink inside. It's Because uh, uh, I mean, the people are generally are undercooking, in my view. I think your partner and Donald Trump are on, along the same lines. Donald Trump eats steak five times a week and it's always really, really well done. And he doesn't drink alcohol. There's two reasons that I wouldn't ever be able to go out to dinner with him. But anyway, thanks very much for your analysis this evening, as always. Wayne McCurry is a portfolio manager at FNB Wealth and Investment in Johannesburg. And that was Wayne on Wednesday. The views and opinions expressed in these podcasts are those of Lindsay Williams and various contributors and do not reflect the policy, position or opinion of any other agency, organisation, employer or company associated with strictlybusinesspodcast.com. Assumptions made on the analyses are not reflective of the position of any other entity other than the speaker or the author. And since we are critically thinking human beings, these views are always subject to change, revision and rethinking at any time. Please do not hold us to them in perpetuity.